back to the Coach's Distinct Podcast. Your boy DJ K. I'm glad you guys tuned back into the show. It's a great show. It's a great day. I'm glad you guys tuned in. You could be doing more, a lot of things here, but you decided to tune into the show, so I appreciate you guys. First, before we get started, I'd like to give a shout-out to my sponsor, 605 Beverages, Adult Beverages. Make sure you hit those guys up at uh, Drink ALP6. They're still here. Houston, the weather has been changing, but you, you still could go to Happy Hour and get your adult beverage. And make sure that uh, also it's mixed in with uh, that little thing that we call cannabis. So it makes you feel funny during, you know, a certain time of the year. So anyway, also uh, appreciate you guys for the partnership, uh, Red Coral Universe. Much love to you guys for taking culturally distinct from domestic to international. Much love for that. Blessings in itself. So guys, as you know, as you see the shirt. We're talking, this today we're going to be talking mental health. And uh, shout out to my man, Ahmad Hicks, for his uh, company, for supporting the show and also sponsoring the shirt, Mental Health Rules. And we're going to talk about, not, not a lot, but we're going to talk a little bit about mental health. So I got two sisters here today that's going to break it down for y'all. But we're not going to get too serious because we know this, this topic could be real serious. But we're going to break it down where it could be fun, okay. educational. Right and informative, right? And Absolutely. As, yeah, that, that's awesome. So as you as you guys can see in the background, I got two sisters. I got Ladrika, and I got Carmen in the building. What's going on, everybody? Hello, hello. How you guys doing? Good, good. Awesome. How y'all feel? Good. Yeah, y'all nervous? Good. Y'all yeah. nervous? A little bit? Nah. Okay, okay. good. We got this. <laughs> so, we have this. So look, let me ask you before we get started. Let me ask you guys, where you guys from? Originally, I'm from Louisiana. Okay, South shout Louisiana. out. Okay, what part of Louisiana? Shout out. Hold up. Let me give you, let me give you a shout out. Hold up. <laughs> All right. Shout out Louisiana. All right. What part? Country. Actually, girl. yeah, yeah, real country. Country. Okay. If you're from Louisiana, then you'll know where it is. Okay. It's, yeah. Shout out. Okay. What about what about you, Drake? So I am a little more complicated, I would say, <laughs> okay. because I grew up in a small town in North Louisiana, Sicily Island. Um, like 400 people. I guess you can say a small village. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, when I was 15, we moved to Dallas. Okay, Sicily Island. Isn't that where they have the hot sauce? No. <laughs> oh, I thought that's Avery it's Island. It's not far. That's <laughs> Avery Island. That's, that's Avery. closer to where I'm from. That's Avery <laughs> yeah. Island. Okay. So, so okay. So, Louisiana. Mm -hmm. Central Louisiana. Central Louisiana. Yes. South Louisiana. Yeah. And of mm -hmm. course, I'm from New Orleans. Shout out to New Orleans. I got to <laughs> put that out there. But so, how long? I'm saying like. How long have you guys been here, here in the Houston area? Houston area, I've been here since 2001. No, I'm sorry, 2004. I met uh, my partner and friend in 2001 in Dallas. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've known That's a that long time. a long time. That's 20, what? 20, Close to three, 20, three, 20, wow. three years. That's a long, long time. time. Yeah. So now, and how, we, even though we're going to talk about this, have this conversation about mental health, so how did you guys get into the mental health journey? I'll let you begin. Well, let's. Carmen and I both started out in education, okay. teaching. Um, for me, I noticed that I was becoming more of a counselor than a teacher. Mm -hmm. um, the biggest thing that I prided myself on in the classroom was building the relationship with my students. Okay. And having that safe space where they felt like they were heard, where they felt like they could come and talk to me if they needed me and where they felt like they were included. Okay. So when I noticed that I was spending a lot of time in the hallway, whenever I would pick up on when a student, you know, was not having a good day, I was like, you know what? Maybe I need to go back to school and, and, and get this certification. Mm -hmm. At the time, Prairie View offered a program where they were housing the program at Paul Quinn in Dallas. Okay. So HBCU? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the only one in Dallas, right? Yeah, that's the yeah, only one. Yeah. It is. Paul yeah. Quinn, yeah. It yeah. is. Mm -hmm. So some type of arrangements worked out where the program was housed at Paul Quinn, but Prairie View's professors were coming to teach, and it was on the weekend. Okay. And it was right after I had my daughter. So I was like, you know what? Let's, let's I think we can do this. Okay. And so then I said, hey, Carmen, <laughs> <laughs> they have this program. Absolutely. And so for, for me, like she said, it was kind of similar but different. Different in a way that um, I knew that teaching wasn't for me. 
right? I want it. Why not? Why not? Because teaching still remains the hardest (laughs) job. I think that the best teachers are ones that are born to teach, right? Right. And and there are some that evolve into it. You can become a great teacher. But I went into it always knowing, right, that I was built for something else. I Mm -hmm. wanted something that suited my personality, what I'm, I think, designed for the shape of who I am as an individual. Mm -hmm. And I am really good with the one-on-one kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So it was for me thinking, oh God, this is hard. Oh God, this is not for me. (laughs) And I want something that's just built for me. And so when I was there, I had a principal who told me, have you ever thought about counseling? You're kind of really good with the one-on-one kind of thing. And then she called, got into this program, and my professors, who became my mentors, just said, you know, you'd be really good as a psychologist, really, really good as you ought to think about it. So that's how it evolved for me. So mm. I was able to, I think where Ladrika was a little more attached to school, but in a different way, I had something totally different. And so I left education and yeah, to there this you point. Go. Yeah. So, so. That's dope. That's dope because I know a lot of instructors or educators that start off out of college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The first thing they do get into education. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it's you know, you should be fairly young. Mm-hmm. You're trying to figure out. Okay. Well, yeah. do I want to? What do I want to do? I don't want to be no doctor. Or yeah. I don't want to do this. I I want to do something, make some money. But and then it's steady guaranteed <laughs> money. You know when the check will come. Right. Absolutely. You know, you're off for the summer. You're off for off the, the summer, summer and the weekends right. and the holidays. But you got to deal with the headache from yeah. kids. Absolutely. That's not really a headache. Oh, it is a headache. I'm gonna tell you the truth. I can say that. Y'all can't say it. I can say it. No, it's okay. not a headache. <laughs> oh, I want to get into that because because mental health one has been a stigma on our community for a long time until recent. Mm-hmm. I, I say the last five, well, three years since the pandemic. Mm-hmm. The last three years since the pandemic, we've been investing to mental health, right? A lot of us. When I say us, our community, black. So why? Why do you? Why did you guys even get into mental health? Like, what was the purpose? Like, because everybody has a purpose, right? Absolutely. And I know you said that you guys was in education together. You guys could have avenue into any other place, but Carol, we could do this mental health thing. Well, it appealed to me. It appealed to me because I was really trying to fix myself. Uh, what do you mean by that? Fix myself. Well, okay, I had these issues, and so I would try to deal with and coping to get past that stuff that I knew was stifling me, like anger. Anger stifled me. And so I was dealing with this rage that I didn't know what to do with and I knew what was the cause of it, but it became of, I can't keep living like this, right? Mm. And so for me, that's what I did. At the call of, hey, you know, they have this program. All of that stuff, right, was just part of the plan to get me here. But right. yeah, that's what I was trying to do. That was my appeal. That's why I said, hmm, that works for me. Yeah, yeah, that's dope. So that's, but that's, that's interesting you said that because uh, a lot of a lot of individuals, especially at that age, that that age of ten, mm-hmm. a lot of we don't even know who we are. Well, yeah. We don't know who we are until you're thirty. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If that, <laughs> forty, right? Yeah. But you said at ten, you was like, well, I want to fix myself. I want to fix myself. At the age of ten, you know, we, well, boys, we want to play with little Tonka trucks and mm-hmm. go to sand sandboxes, whatever. So that's interesting. So, you know, and then just listen to you guys' story, how how things was aligned, how, like, I guess this was a, a career that was destined, maybe? Absolutely. If I could say that? Absolutely. Destined for you? Yeah. But working at Psych Wars, I don't know about that. That's a little extreme. <laughs> that's exciting. It was best training ever. That's a little extreme right there. Best you know, training so. ever, ever, you know ever. On the job You'll get training. your mind right real, real quick, <laughs> real, real quick. So that's what I want to, and that's an, another question I want to ask. I want to ask, okay, so dealing with mental health, you guys deal with a lot of, people's uh illnesses mm-hmm. should i say illnesses i don't know the i don't know the proper term illness right yeah you deal with a lot of illness so in dealing with other people's illness i know naturally that when people take on someone else's pain i guess mm-hmm. they i guess they they keep it so how can how how do i just want to know how do you guys cope with dealing with all this information that you guys receive every day so when you say <laughs> you take on other people's pain, you have to know how to manage it. And therapists have therapists. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> therapists have therapists or a counterpart or partner that you refer to. Mm. Because you don't always have the fix. 
you don't always know how to, to fix it, you know, or, you know, there, if you're human, you are going to empathize or sympathize with individuals, right. you know, that is, that's natural, especially if you're in there, you know, for the right reason, but you have to know how to separate and, and put that, and I don't want to say compartmentalize. You compartmentalize. Well, how, yeah. how, I'm, even though, so this is full transparency, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm in therapy now, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So, and this is what I, my take it, my take on it is. It's more of taking accountability, right, mm-hmm. for self, uh, being aware, self-aware mm-hmm. of certain things. I would take it if a therapist was in therapy, wouldn't they know how to fake it? Not fake it or like, wouldn't they know how to just get through the session and just like, all right, move a little Because like you say, the word compartmentalize, mm-hmm. you guys know how to put things in a certain part of your brain and just leave it there. Then, So when you say fake it, meaning faking and there's still a detachment and they're not really involved yes. or invested in what you're saying, is yes. that what you mean? Yeah. I don't know if faking is the right term that that I would use for that I am present in therapy with you but I have to be able to compartmentalize because you're not my only patient and I have to be there for them too and sometimes you hear that hard stuff right uh Mm -hmm. it's not easy because a lot of times it's great when you're there with someone where you're celebrating their success but if people are in therapy a lot of times you're coming to you with their pains their traumas that's that sort of thing right Right. and you're helping them with that or guiding them right to reach their own answer right but at the same time i think that you can still compartmentalize and remain empathetic and engage in present and that's what we really do in that moment right so that's not a hard thing it is a necessary thing to do i think that comes with practice because when i first started out I would cry when you cry, and I'm sobbing, and I'm just like that sort of thing. And it was I was a mess. I'm mean, because it was just, but that was something that I had to learn with right. my mentor, right? And my mentor helped to guide me and say, "Now remember, you both can't be down at the same time. You're yes. here, and so you just kind of learn that with the experience, and then have that connection with your with your client." Yeah, because it was it was crazy because. A lot of individuals want to do therapy. Mm-hmm. They want to do the the practice of it, not the practice, but they want to engage in it. But they sure. don't know how because they're afraid one, or they just never open themselves up to a stranger. Or they think that if I seek therapy, then something is wrong with me. Yes. Or you were taught what goes on in my house stays in my house. Yeah. That, now that's now that's real, especially yeah. in the black in the black house. So look, you yeah. better not say what happened in this house <laughs> and sister such and such right down the street yeah, tells true. me that this was in my house and that this happened so is that a sign of trauma when we experience that when our mothers tell us because most of us the mothers they tell us look what happens in this house stays in this house mm-hmm. it's none of their business at that schoolhouse it's none of their business down the street well now i don't know about trauma because i do have experience fear so I have experience in the schools. Okay. And <laughs> there are some that will just tell you everything that goes on in the house. Well, what mom wears when she walks around, what okay. dad wears. And I, so I don't know if it's necessarily a a a means of providing a boundary. Okay. For, you know, but kids are innocent though. Don't kids don't have boundaries. Kids are not always innocent. <laughs> well, <I'm saying. laughs> but what he said, what he, and I know, I know what you're saying, and that's that's true. But what I think you're talking about is kids. Um, we're tabula rasas, right? We're blank slate, yes. right? That yes. we write upon in our lives, that sort of thing. But because so kids are, kids are because kids are impressionable, right? And depending on what parents write in essence, are writing on them, Mm -hmm. right? So when you say traumatic, it depends because what's traumatic to some is not traumatic to others, Mm -hmm. right? Right. And then it kind of goes into it, and without me kind of going off topic of what defines trauma, no, that's a stressor. How your body responds to that stress is the trauma. Does that okay, make sense? I got you. Because your body keeps so score. It's like a trigger. Exactly. exactly. Like a trigger. So okay. your body keeps score. So like if a trigger, when 
when someone is triggered, if you notice there may be a visceral reaction, that's the trauma. Because my body kept scoring remember, and that triggered that visceral response. So in saying that, I want to ask you this. Is gaslighting a trigger? Because a lot, this, in today's culture, social media culture, mm-hmm. a lot of people gaslight. Mm-hmm. Jada Pink and Smith, mm-hmm. you know. She does, <laughs> yeah, I just I, threw that name the up. The views <laughs> of the culturally distinct. <laughs> I'm just saying. Absolutely, I mean, yeah. But, but a lot of people gaslight. Like, people gaslight individuals just to get clicks a response. or response mm-hmm. for or validation, likes. likes. Yeah. So is that a trigger it for some? It could be, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. It just depends on the individual. It depends on the individual, yeah. but also it depends on the goals you know. Sometimes we, I mean, listen, I think people always give, and you can tell me your thoughts. I mean, everyone, we always give cues or clues to people. We always do meaning. People always let you know what they think. Now, whether or not you heard them, but they told you. In one way or another, Mm, they told you what their thoughts were, what their likes and dislikes were, whether or not how they said it, if it wasn't the level of intensity that you need right to hear. Right, right are to care enough to listen that sort of thing but people always tell you so if my goal is to get clicks or likes mm-hmm. <clears throat> and i'm willing to do it at your expense and i will use your triggers to do that so i think it's just uh, a personal thing what's your goals and and then also to working on that how your body responds to a particular stress. All of those things, that's where our responsibility comes in. Because if we're not around people who care what our triggers are, who care how we look in certain situations, then we look the way that the world typically looks nowadays, right? But if you're around someone and you're consciously aware and consciously working towards what your triggers are, the stressors in your life Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. brings out that visceral response, I think that we have we should do that and we should grant people the grace to kind of so have wanna, their moments. I want to ask that question. How do people know that? Like how do people know when that is being displayed on them? Like like a lot of people from my experience, I'm not a, I'm not a therapist or I'm not a counselor, but a lot of people are not aware of themselves first mm-hmm. to understand what's aware what's going on around them. You see what I'm saying? So in other words, they have to really learn self-awareness yes and they have to learn how to what it looks like mm-hmm. how do i utilize it and what are different components of it right i want it and you know when you ask the question um how did you get into therapy and i know carmen spoke to mm-hmm. she wanted to sort of fix herself even and i remember even when we were younger remember when the teen magazines would come out and they were always have these quizzes that you take yeah to see where you compartmentalize yeah. and, and where you fall and what you, what are your characteristics. Yeah. The same with me. I felt like I wanted to help people. Okay. And even, even as a young age, I realized that, you know, of course, when grandparents passed and everything, I realized that you are accountable for your own feelings. Mm-hmm. You are accountable for your emotions. You are accountable how you grieve. I remember sitting and just watching everyone respond. And, you know, of course, we're told, you know, whenever someone passes, don't talk about, you know, don't say anything when we go to the house and visit the family. Right. Don't mention the person's don't name. Don't mention the two wives. Yes. <laughs> don't, <laughs> please and don't the mention the two wives. And the multiple children. And hope that everybody else doesn't show up. And your best friend is your brother. Because, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I'm just saying. Who is on your side? <laughs> But I went through, you know, when I told you I moved to Dallas when I was 15, Mm -hmm. my parents divorced when I was 13. Okay. So that was part of the reason for the move, just to get out of the small town and and learn something different. Okay. But I had to learn that, you know, the relationship my parents had and the divorce and how that went about – I didn't realize that later that allowed me to assist other kids that were in those same shoes once I became the school counselor. Mm, okay, so you you're, you use your experience to, I guess, fuel with your passion the was. The help, yes. I got you. Yes. Isn't and that I, what we're supposed to all do, though? Yeah. If you think about it, there's no wasted know. experience. We are. There's no wasted experience. Your experience is not just for you. Your experience is for that person you have yet to meet. And your testimony. Right? 
that's mm, all part yes. of it so you're supposed to do that like for me and like what she's talking about divorce and or that that person that child was recently on the other side of it okay so my mom died of cancer right when i was 10. then there i have a church member who was dying from cancer and she had so i can kind of relate to those children mm -hmm. right when i stayed in contact that was fuel mm -hmm. for me they didn't ask me to do that it's because of that reminded me right of myself so then i kind of was that to them because i wanted to offer that because i understood you can empathize mm -hmm. with them that sort of so you it's kind of those things that's good i actually i never looked at that like basically uh we, I guess our experiences enhances our character to go to, I guess, have the endurance for Absolutely. service. Absolutely. Right? If, if I uh, said that right. You said it right. Sometimes your experience is, is, is a testimony for someone else. Absolutely. Right. The test, you go through the test, but yeah. that testimony is for somebody else. For somebody yeah. else. It's like, I call it service. Absolutely. And so it's almost like what yeah. you need the most you should give. Mm. So in, if you need help, right, what you need the most, what you're supposed to give. So if you need money, give money that you really don't have. I don't mean borrow money. I now, mean, you think so? Now, do I, not I sound like a pastor now. <laughs> Hold on now. No, no, no. But if you, if Reach you, down you, in your pocket. Listen, because if you keep in mind, if you think about it, this is how we live our lives. A lot of people don't know their what their love languages are, right? right. Mm -hmm. And so that's, but if you're talking to someone in a relationship, oftentimes they'll say, he or she did X, Y, and Z, and I don't want that because people don't realize we give people what we need, mm -hmm. not what they need. And so we're saying then oftentimes when there's a complaint, you're saying they didn't even appreciate it because you gave them what you wanted, you not what they needed. Their language. But isn't that, isn't that also called projection to a degree? Like we give, we give what we think. Projection, no, no not necessarily. Not, okay, okay. Not necessarily. You, if you want to expound on that, I don't want to speak no. on it. Okay, so projection okay. is when, when I'm projecting my feelings, whether it's good or negative emotions, feelings, act feel. onto, onto someone else as mm -hmm. if they're doing it to me. No, 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 no. Oh, I got you. You know what I mean? I, I am making that their reality when it's not. You can act out of love. For instance, if, let's say you're into anything technolo technological, mm -hmm. right? IT, whatever. For your anniversary gift, you give your wife a component, like, or whatever else, something a dealing computer. with a monitor. computer. And she's right. like, oh, right. honey. It's a nice gift, but thanks, this ain't for me. But that's not from, was Who that for you for? or was that really for me? <laughs> right. You gave her, in essence, the things that appeal to you, not what she desires. That's what we do in a day-to-day, -day, right? Mm. And so you have to keep it really knowing and loving and caring about a person. I know what I like, but let me find out what you like mm -hmm. as well. So that when I give a part of myself, I'm giving something that I know appeals to you mm -hmm. and I cared enough to remember. Well, how does a person do that in a selfish society? Now, I know the term selfish is it's a bad connotation, but selfish could be a good thing. But I'm talking about in this context, mm -hmm. right? Isn't that, isn't that a lot of... I think this society is a selfish society. It's about what can you give me. Absolutely. That's why. That's why they had the list that came out the other, like two weeks ago. What women Absolutely. on first dates don't uh, wouldn't go to and stuff like that. Okay, but you cannot <laughs> let one list account for Absolutely. what everyone thinks. Everyone. I we didn't contribute to this list. I'm just saying. That's no one I, asked me. I would have had a different response. And who no came up me. with the list? I don't know. Was don't it know. one of those that needs followers? Maybe. I don't know, but Cheesecake Factory was on there first. So I was really? like, damn, y'all can't go to Cheesecake Factory on the first date? Oh, wasn't that based on someone else? Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's social media. This is a new generation. That's what I'm saying. It's selfish. Like a lot of. There was no Cheesecake Factory in Baton Rouge. Yeah, they did. <laughs> what they had back then? Ryan's? We no, had they had. Bennigan's? No, they had the oh, Bistro, Bennigan, remember? Right. They had the. Uh, cheesecake, not bistro. It was something Baton it's Rouge. Still there. It's still there. It wasn't, Is it? I yeah, it wasn't week. the factory. It was a bistro. In Baton Rouge? In Baton bistro. Rouge. Near off of Sherwood for somewhere. Uh, uh, I, Blue Bonnet. Blue Bonnet, yes. I thank you. When I, when I Is that an advertisement? I know. I don't I know. know. Cheesecake factory. I'm going to edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but look, so it was crazy. When I went to Baton Rouge, I forgot everything about Baton Rouge. It's different. It's different. I forgot everything about it. It's very, like on purpose. very different. There, yeah. <laughs> I did it on purpose. You did what? on purpose. I don't remember nothing about Baton Rouge because it was not a good experience for me. Okay, well then, see, uh, that's you compartmentalize. So I left it there where it is. You left, yeah, and you compartmentalize it until so you only pick it up or address it when necessary. If not, it doesn't have to be. So it's a subliminal thought. Yeah, 
It just happened. And it only comes up when I get past those state lines. Like, in this. But it's not a bad thing. It's just. A suppressed no. thought. Yeah. No, it's not suppressed. No. Because I don't think about it. Yeah. I don't think about it until I get to the point. I was like, damn, I'm here again. I was here. But you know what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was here. It's like, uh. <laughs> but no. To your question, yes, the world is extremely selfish. But it doesn't mean that you are your, the people in your world have to be. Yeah, I'm going to edit that out. Protect your peace. Protect your yeah. peace. What does that mean? Protect your peace. Set boundaries. Okay. Set boundaries. Know your limits. In Learn what, your triggers. In what way? If it is something, it's almost like whenever you see it, you you compartmentalize it. Okay. Is this something that is directly affecting me? Is this a trigger? If it is, then that tells you what to do with it. You may have to set that boundary and say, okay, you know what? This is something that does set me off or it upsets me. I cannot allow it to, so I have to put space between it. So is that in a spiritual sense, emotional sense? Is that in a uh, mental sense? Every sense of the word. All of it. Every all of it. Okay. D, okay. all the above. Okay. Yeah. Because I, one, the reason why I mentioned spiritual mm-hmm. first, because you, and you mentioned something earlier about the church. We was, as black people, we were always taught to bring our, our, our traumas, our mm-hmm. experiences. Bring it to God. Bring mm-hmm. it to God. Bring it to the old thing. We pray it off, and it's mm-hmm. supposed to be just magically healed. Mm-hmm. Right and and when we leave, it's not there no more because they say leave it on the altar. But mm-hmm. in reality, when you get up from the altar, that shit is right there still with you, right? So, yeah. yeah. So the thing you is, it's like <laughs> I'm just simply being real it's because true. you turn around like, <laughs> all right, I thought it was supposed to be gone, Pastor. <laughs> it's still here. I'm still having these thoughts. But how does a person? Because I'm asking the question for someone that might be watching. How does a person that's, that has a connection with the church, with, with God, and but they have an issue with therapy because healing is not, I guess, their, their understanding of healing is not through another person. It's through praying to God. You see what I'm saying? Yes, I do see, unless you want to no, start first. Ahead. Well, First, you have to realize how we were brought up, we were conditioned, right? How we raise our kids. We were conditioned. It doesn't mean in a bad way. It doesn't mean in a manipulative way. They did the best they could with what they had at the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's first by changing your thought process related to God, mental health, therapy, help in general, right? What's important is that your mental health is just like your physical health. It's just up here. That's all. Yeah. That's the only difference. So if something is going on in your body, would you not then go to the doctor because I brought it to the altar. It's still this, I'm having chest pains. It didn't go away. Right. But at the same time, your profession, my profession, medical doctors, is not outside of the will of God. It's not outside of God, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. Christianity. Mm-hmm. You ask for it. It's almost like uh, that old joke that went around like I asked for a boat i bought you one yes right you kept turning away because it didn't look come in a package you thought that it should right exactly so this is the same thing i gave you the tool you have the ability to go to a doctor see a doctor right you have the means to get there even if you don't you have assistance to make it happen we have to first start here Mm -hmm. it starts here how you see it how you view it and what we also have to realize, we have our own personal constitution. From the spiritual aspect, you got the Holy Spirit that's within you, guiding your life. It depends on if you're paying attention and listening to it. Right. Okay? And the same thing, if you have your own personal constitution, have you ever heard something even from uh, a pastor or someone? It can be someone on church or someone in the room with you, that sort of thing. They say something you're like, I don't believe a word that they're saying. It's because you have your own personal constitution inside for yourself. Mm-hmm. Determine and establish for yourself. This is not outside of the will of God. How you work it. Get the help that you need. But it starts with you. It starts here how we think. Everything that we do mm-hmm. starts mind. in here. Mindset. Mindset. Starts in here how you yeah. see it, your perception of it. It's negative as long as you say it is. That's right. I saw a saying that said, take care of your mind the same way you take care of your body. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Like correlating the mind with the body is like you work out your body, you get it strong. Same thing with your mind. Why Same not? thing, and it takes practice. Yeah, practice and and 
repetition. Repetition, yes. absolutely. Yeah. At the same time, I say you know yourself first. Just because a person has, hasn't put words to how they're feeling doesn't mean that they aren't familiar with the feelings. Right. You know what I mean? You know that feeling is bad. It makes me feel bad when you treat me this way. It makes me feel bad when I hear this. It makes me feel bad when I say it. Tell me how you feel. I don't know. I usually don't allow my clients to say you don't know. It's because I always come back, you mm -hmm. do know. You know. I really don't it's know. No, you know that. Right. You do know. You just haven't put words to the feelings yet. Mm -hmm. So if I say, does it, feeling, does it feel good when this happens? No, I hate it. You, now you know. I don't like it when X, Y, and Z mm -hmm. happens. So we know. It's just being honest and truthful with ourselves and, again, developing your own personal constitution. You know what works for you and what doesn't. But that's good, though, uh, what you're saying. That's good. That's good. I'm, I'm thinking about that in my own <laughs> mind, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> because the hard thing, especially for men, yeah. is communication. Yes. It's really not. No, look, effectively. Okay. Because a man could say, okay, well, she could, your wife could come in or your, your side yeah. piece or whoever she is. <laughs> Well, that's yeah, the number one barrier. <laughs> I, don't judge, I don't judge nobody. Now. I'm not judging. Hey, I'm not judging. <laughs> we don't judge. <laughs> so, so, but communication, effectively, like, she could come in and ask you a question. He could be like, okay, yeah, cool. Mm -hmm. But what does that mean? You see what I'm saying? So one component of communication is active listening. Mm, okay. Example. <laughs> If your spouse, side piece, whatever you, whatever you prefer, piece, significant other, whatever floats your boat, if they are speaking with you and you're on your cell phone and they're talking to you, they may be engaged or, or disclosing something that's really important to them. But if you're on your phone and you're like, mm-hmm, yeah, you're giving the notion that you're not listening. Dismissive. Yes. It's like dismissive. Yes. Yeah. Even though you may be listening, you may be one that can multitask. But are you actively listening? Right. Meaning eye contact, body language. Mm, okay. Undivided attention. Right. Because I'm, I'm guilty of that, too. But then also, too, as Latrika mentioned, active listening is important. But do you want to be married to you, engaged to you, dating you, playing around with you? Well, that goes back to self-love. But it does. But at the yeah. same time, for instance... We're talking about relationships. If I know that the person that I'm with uses 100 words or less, <laughs> then and that's their form of communication, right? And then I'm saying, well, they ask, I asked the question or I expressed myself. They responded. Because they didn't use 10,575 <laughs> words that I use, but they used 100 <laughs> words or less, did they not communicate? They did. Or did I want them to talk and use as many words as I use or nearly. So do I want to be with me or do I want to be with them? Because the person that I'm with, did they respond to what I say? Did they hear me? Did they, the response, mm -hmm. was it congruent and in line with what I'm talking about? Right. So if a, a person tells you, no, I heard you. And what do you think about? Well, I'm thinking about it. I'm processing. My son told me this recently. He's, when I asked him, are you listening to me? He said, yes, ma'am. He said, I'm thinking. I know you want me to say it right now. I'm thinking, though. I'm processing. I got that. Now, if I would have pushed him, was it a thing of what I've deemed it as him being disrespectful? Sometimes people just yes. need time. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And sometimes they gave you the response, but if it didn't come in the package that you wanted, or you're thinking you're ignoring me. The thing is, when people get to that, then what you're saying is not really what you want. If you want him to chase you a little bit, if you want him to stroke you a little more, mm -hmm. if you want him to say it five times versus yeah. the one time he told you. So all of that comes back to you can say words and not communicate. You can yeah. talk for 15 minutes and say nothing. That's true. <laughs> so what are you really saying? So effective communication is truly saying what you felt, what you mean, what you want, mm -hmm. and then giving the opportunity to respond to that not say something and then your body language says everything other than what you <laughs> right. just said. Theory okay. About listening. Okay. Well, this is one thing that I've noticed just by experience. I noticed that people that read a lot, they listen real well. And people that don't read at all, they don't listen. You ever thought about that? People that read a lot, they just read. Okay. They listen real well because they know they process information different. 
versus someone that doesn't read at all? I think it goes to your learning type also. If you're a visual learner, mm -hmm. then of course it's something you have to, like I have to see what you mean. Because Carmen can tell me something. <laughs> She's laughing. Because she can explain something all day to me. And I'm like, oh, okay, Carmen. Yeah, that's that's good. But, but you can't see it. I'm I need to visualize it. I got you. I like got I, you. I have to see. Once I see it, oh, I got it. <laughs> oh, this is what you meant. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get. I'm, I'm a visual learner too. I like if I, I could put something together. By looking at it, mm -hmm. but if you tell me, you give me the directions, instructions, no, nah, they ain't gonna work. You know how I knew you were a visual learner? Why is it? Because whenever we say something that's relatable, your response is, I can see that. Yeah, oh, really? Oh, okay. Mm. Oh, see, so you're paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> see? It's the counselor in me. I see, I see. <laughs> I need a little, I need to uh, fix something, fix my personality. <laughs> so, look, speaking of that, let's talk, let's get into the, uh, let's segue into the business side of it. You guys uh, have a business together, and you guys, what's the name of the business, actually? Edge Sports Counseling. Edge Sports Counseling. So, the, the term, Sports is in the actual name. Why? Who came up with the name? Why the name Ed Sports? What, what's the motivation behind it? Husband is really good at coming up with the names. He really is. He has that gift. But I was telling him I want something, and I just we just kept kind of saying we want to edge out our competition. We mm -hmm. want to teach you how to edge out a competition, whether it's in life, whether it's on the field, whether it's wherever. Want to edge out your competition, kind of get the upper hand in life, mm -hmm. more or less. And so I was thinking. What do we call it? Focus or whatever else? And he was like, oh, no, no, yeah, no, no. no. Yeah. He said, call it edge, call it edge. And so we said it. It was just kind of like, okay, sounds not good. Too bad, not too bad. Like not too that. bad. And so that's really just on the the grand scheme of it. But it all came up with what we wanted to do, and we saw a population of people who are really, really struggling. It's a problem. So what what do we do with that? And so. Of course, with Ladrika's history and her family, and then my kids are all Americans too, and then it's just kind of like, what do you do with that? So we were living with that. the athletes that we were yeah. helping, we lived, and what we try to give people that edge, just in life, just to be better overall. So And to remove the stigma absolutely. behind mental health. And it's okay to say, hey, I, I, let me just talk through this. Mm -hmm. Look at it as... We're just talking through stuff. Yeah, yeah. And We're you have to tell me, we, we, we believe that you already know the answer. My mentor told me years ago, he was like, remember, your job as a therapist is not to tell people what to do. Right. It's Correct. to guide them yeah. to their own self-realization, right? right? They already know the answer. But sometimes they don't want to admit it. Sometimes mm -hmm. they really don't know that they know it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But they do. They, they really know. They just, you know, right. guide, you're just They're guiding guided. them along mm -hmm. that. And so that's what it's about yeah. for us. So I want to get back to that that uh, the edge sports thing because as you were speaking about that, the first thing popped in my head was these today today's athletes. Mm -hmm. You know when when I was playing ball, it was a little different. Uh, but now, tell us how. It, all right, so we didn't have we didn't have uh, counselors mm -hmm. or we didn't have therapists. We just had people that work on our bodies, make sure mm -hmm. our body got right. back. To mm -hmm. 100% capacity. Mm -hmm. We didn't have nobody to work on our mind. Now they have yeah. shrinks. They have mental health, yeah, health therapists. They yeah. have everything, right? But it's a good thing and a bad thing because football, football, basketball, soccer, mm -hmm. baseball is a business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? It's a big business. And and just speaking about football, NIL, mm. college. Mm -hmm. It's the, the NIL deal, right? Mm -hmm. So NIL, a lot of these kids are – expecting especially if they're all american mm -hmm. they expect time. they're expecting a certain amount yes in terms of money yes but if they don't get that that's automatic depression yeah right yes. or if one of their best friends that they come up they both five star and one person gets yes, one accolade or one receives mm -hmm. something so not only that mm -hmm. but what happens to the athlete that is the five star that has the nil deal and they have a career-ending injury. That's another, and that's another, that's another avenue because it's a, it's so much because it got the NIL. Mm -hmm. Then you have a 19-year-old kid. The transfer portal. I was gonna go there. You have a 19-year-old <laughs> kid that has 
all this money, mm -hmm. right? But he has five brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And his mom a lot got of people two jobs. Depend. Yes. Wow. Now he's the provider for the yeah. family. He's only 19 years old. Yep. So what happens when that kid, if they do go to the next level, um, what happens when they play one or two years? And they're done. And they're done. Right. And that's a, and we go to that. That's a transition that a lot. So I want to go to Well, let me go back to this because I want to get this thought <laughs> across. Okay. Let's go to the transfer portal. Okay. Transfer portal. I read something today that was that was like alarming. So it said that last year they had 8,500 kids down the transport portal. Not everybody portal. comes out. Only 4,100 came mm -hmm. out. So that's 40, wow. like 46% still in it. Mm -hmm. Wow. So that's people that went into, from, went from high school or junior college and got a scholarship mm -hmm. and decided that they wanted to leave mm -hmm. that university mm -hmm. and play somewhere else because of whoever, you know, told yeah. them whatever. And now they're out on the street. So then yeah. you forfeit that So now that... Right, you forfeit that scholarship mm -hmm. and somebody else got it. Mm -hmm. So now, mentally, these kids are done. They're like, my life is football, everybody depending on me, I was the man, and now I'm nothing. So how do, in in an avenue that you guys are in, how do you guys like deal with athletes like that? Or parents just, of athletes? He just gave us a cheat slip, I just want you to know. Because remember, again, I told you, people always tell you what, they, what they're thinking, what mm -hmm. they want, and what mm -hmm. they need. You said I had, they're carrying the whole family on their back, right? Mm -hmm. Before I had all of this, and now I don't, and now I'm nothing. Mm -hmm. The fact is, you played football, you played basketball, mm -hmm. you played whatever, baseball. Mm -hmm. You're not football. You're not basketball. You're not. It's something you do. It's not who you are. Right? So you have to first establish, I recommend for any and everyone, starting now, regardless of the age of your children, why we have a society that's struggling is because they don't have coping skills. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're, we're so, we drop it, we leave any pain, any angst, any issues or whatever else we have. We're so one-dimensional and reactionary in our responses, right? So I would suggest, one, we always encourage our kids at every age. So all of those things start now with the little things that we can do. It's a lot of reinforcement, but separating who you are as an individual and how great you are, because we're all born to win. Every single one mm -hmm. of us. We were meant to win. Yeah, yeah. And so you can still win. Especially fathers. <laughs> yeah. Fathers, look, I'm a, look, most of these fathers that didn't make it, yeah. they're living There's extra pressure vicariously on that through, through that young man or that yeah. young woman. Well, it's not just that. You have moms that are. Yes. Intense mm. too. Right. But they're living their life through yes, this person. Sure. Like, you're going to do this. You're going to end it. The Absolutely. kid be like, man, I don't want to do this. I'm just doing this because <laughs> you it's want fine. me to do it. It's fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But most of these parents, especially in Texas, oh my goodness. Louisiana okay. is more lax because. Oh, no. no, it's not. Well, when I was coming up, the parents really didn't care. The kids were just so athletic. But in Texas, but in Texas, it really oh my is goodness, different. It's, it's like different. It's like it's like level. It starts from Pop Warner in Texas. Yes. Yeah. Those kids, they have. <laughs> look, you can look at the high school stadiums in Texas. Yes. Yeah, you can tell it's sixty thousand people go to a high school football yes. game. Yes. I actually thought That's Allen crazy. High School was a mall. That is I crazy. I called home and said. <laughs> country a mall Alice so big it's yes. like that's a school I thought it was a mall a shopping mall that is crazy. it's just major right major Texas hit. is different but they they, they and these parents in are Florida so Florida shout out to Florida <laughs> in well, Texas well Florida is a little different though Florida got a lot of hood cats you know what I'm saying it's like a, it's a little different it's different everywhere you go Georgia's country so country oh my oh. goodness I love Georgia but it's Mississippi we still in it's still in slavery, Mississippi, but I love my people. He didn't mean it. He didn't mean <laughs> the views <laughs> of <laughs> are not that of Edge. I love y'all in Mississippi. Mississippi, we love you. We love you, Mississippi. Georgia, Georgia, we love you. Oh. We love you too. <laughs> so, but all right. So, so I want to ask the question because I know parents are friends of kids or or community. What what are the signs? I, before we answer that, I, I know that, the, so NCAA did a survey mm -hmm. after COVID with student athletes asking what were like the, the top causes of your stress as a student athlete and hopelessness, 35% of the athletes wow. reported hopelessness. Mm -hmm. wow. Or if you go back to it, the connection, hopelessness, hopelessness 
is one of the quote unquote symptoms for suicidal ideation. Mm. Mm. Wow. So wow. it leads to despondency, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's heavy. That's why that's why I wanted you guys on here, man, because uh this is a this is a topic that everybody that goes they they either touch it or they know somebody that's going through it. That football or that athletic or that type of background because, you know, our society is driven off of entertainment. I read a stat yesterday that said forty three point five million Americans were diagnosed with anxiety. Hmm. That's a Think lot. about that. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. That is half of the people lot. you see. Mm-hmm. Yes. One out of every two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we're under a lot of stress <laughs> for whatever reason. It's the traffic, but Houston traffic. Yeah, <laughs> that'll get you right. really. But I, I mean, also too, some of the things that you can list off, uh, and I'll let you because we were talking about this earlier. You can list the uh, some of the the things that we see, right? Signs and symptoms, mm-hmm. right? So we know the standard, like the isolative behavior, mm-hmm. right? And so, but also too, it's kind of a, a kind of a trick. Sometimes the life of the party. Mm-hmm. And so on, because remember, we're used to putting on airs, right? Facades. Mm. Everything is good. It's all good because what problem should I have, right? right. You know me, that sort of thing. Or should save face, right? It's not a big deal. So all of those things. So oftentimes, when you have a person who would take their life, it's like, this, this guy was the most upbeat guy, mm-hmm. was genuine, just like, a happy-go-lucky kind of yeah. guy uh, who really, really upbeat, but it's just kind of, it's a it's a private thing, but you have that isolation. Sometimes uh, with those feelings of despondency are where they may tell you things, right? They may say things, a lot of isolative behavior, a lot of negative behavior, negative yeah. thought process, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Uh, you hear that, items. giving away personal items, things of that nature. Or just not having interest, a lack of interest in family, in people, in life, and upkeep hygiene, that sort of thing. It's, right. it's, you know, kind of like those typical things. But also, too, <clears throat> verbiage, language. I, people, sometimes we wonder, right, when we hear something, what did I miss? What did I miss? What did I miss? And we put that pressure on ourselves. What did I miss? I was to say, the biggest thing is don't be afraid to ask. Mm-hmm. To ask them. Yeah. Ask. Have you? They'll are you, you thinking about? Uh, have you thought about yeah. committing suicide? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And a lot of times you'd be surprised at how honest they'll be. They'd be like, yeah. yeah. Wow. I've wow. thought about it before. Yeah. How did you think about doing it? Then sometimes they'll tell they'll you tell that you. too. Wow. Sometimes they'll tell you. Oftentimes, have you ever heard that my dad used to say, nothing beats a failure but a try? And so with that is, if you ask them, people will tell you more than they than you think. Right. It's a heavy conversation. I don't want to get too heavy. You know what I'm saying? I want to light this thing up. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So, in conclusion, I want to know you guys' biggest inspiration because you guys have a lot of information. Yeah. A lot of deep information. I'm talking like I'm talking in my therapist voice right now. (laughs) (laughs) Let me get up a little louder. Let me upbeat. So, what's you guys' biggest inspiration? Because you guys have a lot of stuff that you guys offer, right, to the world. Yeah. So, what inspires you? You go first oh, wow. It wasn't that heavy, was it? No, oh, okay. it's not that heavy. Okay. I would say the biggest thing, I just want to be someone that made an impact. Okay. You know? And, of course, like if you, like with me and my family, like if you know us, we just want any way that we can help. So I, I guess you can say like the reason why I got into the profession, I just, I, I like helping people that's awesome <laughs> that's that's, that's awesome. just my biggest inspiration i mean service you know? yeah service service for me I, um it's kind of like what ladrika mentioned but i have a heart for for people i do it because i want people to win mm-hmm. i really do genuinely want people to win i know that i mean we're already in a fixed fight so to speak right we he created us to win yeah mm-hmm. and so because i know that i want to help you know that I didn't say it, you know, we never said it wasn't going to be hard. It could be hard. We've dealt with hard stuff before. Sometimes existing mm-hmm. as well as just hard. But the bottom line is I do it because I want people to win. Guys, look, man, look. One, <laughs> well, first thing I want to say this before we get out of here. I want to give thanks to you guys for coming through because I know you guys are busy. You guys have a busy schedule and you guys do a lot of things. And you're helping out. And 
y'all you, you all been impactful you're being impactful thanks and <laughs> you guys are helping people out which is the ma- most major thing in the world and you know this mental health thing we need it as a yeah, as absolutely. a community as a people as a as a family just we just need it and i i'm, I'm thankful that you guys are participating in that absolutely you know thanks for saying? having us thanks yeah. for Appreciate having it. it yeah so i gotta well i gotta put some music on because look <laughs> the mood it was look it, it's been too heavy now we gotta uh, put a little upbeat to this thing you know what i'm saying I love it. I love it. so guys before we get out of here i want you guys to give your social medias our website or wherever how they can find you guys for Ed Sports and they can book an appointment Absolutely. or see or whatever. So you can find us at www.edsportscounseling.com That is also our Instagram and our Facebook. Absolutely. Oh, that was easy. Absolutely. www.edsports.com Edsportscounseling Edsportscounseling.com And it's spelled the same, right? Yes. yes. Okay, dope. So it's no... Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Y'all make sure y'all hit these two individuals up because uh, I think, me personally, I think you guys have something going on right now, especially when you talk about these athletes because that's a big business. Absolutely. And counseling can be a big business too, but I'm not saying you guys are doing it for that, but I'm just saying. We're doing it to be impactful. Yes. <laughs> and so that you can win. Absolutely. I like that. That's like that slogan. Absolutely. And so you guys go win. <laughs> commercial time. Commercial time. <laughs> Guys, look, we got to get out of here, man. This is DJ KO with Coffee to Stink. Once again, I'd like to give a shout-out to my sponsor, 605. Also, my uh, partners at Red Core Universe. Appreciate you guys for support. Everybody that tuned in, I thank you guys for subscribing to the channel. I love you guys. Make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Mental health rules. And one more news in the streets of Houston. Make sure you buy them a drink or something. I'm just saying. You know, I'm just saying. But guys, we got to get out of here. I'm going to sign out. Look, word of the day is don't get hurt and don't get caught. Appreciate it. Love. <laughs>